0: So, as you can tell, this is a bit of a departure from our normal Sunday service format, Um, and that's because this isn't really a normal Sunday for us at Heart and Soul Center of Light. In light of the decision rendered by the Supreme Court on Friday, we're going through something. And... On yesterday, I had the occasion to have a conversation with our beloved senior and founding minister, Reverend Dr. Andriette Earle, who was winding up her month-long mini-sabbatical. And although we typically don't expect the minister to to break that time of of contemplation and and, um, reflection she felt that it was important enough to ask me to bring this little message. And after speaking at length, the bottom line of our conversation is that both Reverend Andriette and I agree that this day at Heart and Soul just can't be business as usual. We now have an opportunity to recognize the unacknowledged body of pain that now inhabits our collective space. And that pain is now radiating in the aftermath of this decision by the Supreme Court. And for many, it's as seismic and as significant as the events of 9-11 or any other disastrous event you might want to envision. It is a wounding pain. It is pain that's not confined to just us here at Heart and Soul Center of Light, but a pain that reverberates throughout our nation and indeed throughout the world. Now, although Reverend Andriette can't be here today physically or even virtually, she's asked me to convey that this is where we come together as community. We come together to feel, to feel something that is in reality happening even now, and to heal, to honor and to recognize what few will say, but what everyone realizes is here, that there has been a deep wounding to women in particular, and indeed all of those on the gender spectrum. But for women in particular, We need to be putting some healing around this so that we can move forward together cohesively and with purpose towards what is truly ours to be and to have as children of the divine. This is the power of sacred community. And so, to my sisters, I I, I want to offer a little something here. I want to say that Well, first of all, I identify as male. He, him, his. I do not know, and I cannot know what it is like to walk your walk. I don't know what it is to live your experience. I don't know what it is like to be shunned, and quieted, and shushed, and dismissed, disqualified, and ignored in all of the ways that you have been. I don't know what it's like to routinely have my story not believed in the ways that yours have been invalidated. And while I do not know what it's like to have your specific experiences, I do know that I can take responsibility here and now to cultivate a safe space in the spiritual community. So I say to you, my sisters, the women, now clearly and directly, women, I see you. Women, I hear you. Women, your voice matters to me. Women, you are not alone. healing must begin. And so, I now, I invite all of those who identify as women anywhere on the gender spectrums she, her, hers, they, all of those who choose to participate, wherever you may be in the world, however you may present in the world as the feminine face of the divine, I ask that you please just take a moment and allow your eyes to close. And Place your hands over the wounded heart and allow that to be a transmission point to receive healing. And just allow yourself to fall silent. And while our sisters, the women, are in silence, I invite all of those who identify as men anywhere on the gender spectrum he, him, his, they, all of those who choose to participate wherever you may be in the world, however you choose to present the masculine face of the divine. Please imagine the women before you now. Our sisters are in front of you and in need of healing. If there are women in your immediate presence, extend your hands in their direction. Beyond that, extend your hands in the direction of the women of our heart and soul community. Extend your hands in the direction of the women of our nation and beyond. See them all in your mind's eye. And men, I ask you to repeat after me, women, I see you. Women, I hear you. Women, your voice matters to me. Women, you are not alone. And so that this is even more deeply rooted within us. I'm going to ask the men, let's do it one more time. But first, let's take in a deep breath and let's... Draw in this breath of healing together. I'm inviting all the men to breathe in now. Release that breath. Let it go. And repeat after me. Women, I see you. Women, I I hear you. Women, you. Women, Women, your voice matters to me. Women, you are not alone. And so for everyone, wherever you may be, however you may express, I invite you to just be present now. You can open your eyes if you wish, but let us take in a collective deep breath, all of us. Let's breathe in a breath of healing energy, breathing in deeply now. Oh, and let us release that breath with a sigh, releasing any idea of impotence, releasing any idea of apathy, releasing any idea of being defenseless. (sighs) The healing energy brings healing energy. May the vibration of our affirmation and the meditations of our heart expand into the wider world and make a tangible difference. And so it is. I want to, th- first of all, thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your indulgence of me. I still have a little bit more to share. Uh, I, I promise I'm, I'm not actually doing the talk today. But this is just as pertinent. So as our brother Ron uh, announced, um, Reverend Karen Fry of Centers for Spiritual Living Dallas is our guest speaker today. Now, what you probably did not know is that it was never our intention on this occasion, on this day, to have Reverend Cameron appear uh, live, either in person here at Heart and Soul or via live stream technology. It was always understood that as part of our celebration of Pride Month, she was going to record a message and send that message to us for this last Sunday in June. And we received that message uh, her talk, just a couple of weeks ago, and we're all set. That was, of course, before the Supreme Court went all gorilla. Uh, <laughs> but I told you I spoke with Reverend Andriette yesterday, and within 30 minutes of ending the call with Dr. Andriette, I received a message from Karen Fry. And um, or Reverend Karen, and I want to read you what she said. She said, Reverend Angelo, can you do me a favor and let your community know that I recorded the talk earlier in the month before yesterday's decision? We, and by we, I'm presuming she now means Reverend Karen herself and her beloved wife and co-minister, Reverend Petra Weldus, Dr. Petra, we have now been advised to get our paperwork in order in preparation of the real potential of gay marriage and even same-sex relationships having no rights or protection in the current state where we live, which is Texas. So I'm sharing this with you because both Dr. Andriette and Reverend Karen are keenly aware that change is coming. Change is already here. It is deep change. It is personal change. And it portends to affect a whole lot of people spanning a whole lot of spectrums. So that's why we have to begin healing each other through all of our grievous wounds. We're going to need each other. We're going to need each other in doing what we've been called to do and that is to create a world that works for everyone there is going to be tons for us to do on the horizon but before we can do any of it we've got to be something we've got to be healed enough to know who we are and whose we are namaste and thank you
1: Good morning, heart and soul. I am so grateful to be with you this morning and to celebrate the month of June as Pride Month. So I want to tell you a little bit about pride. I am uh, proud to say that I am a gay woman and it's not always been like that, but I will get to that in a little bit. Um, I also want to talk about the unity of all life, as we all know, is present and so is the intersectionality of a lot of things happening and converging right now in uh, the arc of humanity. And then third, tell you a little bit about how my own journey in being able to say that I'm proud to say that I'm a gay woman um, came about because it wasn't always like that. I was grateful that I actually found a a very brief uh, description on our government's website. It's actually youth.gov. It's the section of our government that is focused on youth. And what it shares is that um, Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Pride Month, LBGT, and I sometimes say LGBTQIA+, you can learn what all those letters mean if you would like, it's important. It's celebrated annually, and it is celebrated in June to honor the 1969 Stonewall riots that took place in New York and works to achieve equal justice and equal opportunity for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and questioning Americans. In June of 1969, patrons and supporters of the Stonewall Inn in New York City staged an uprising uh, to resist the police harassment and persecution to which uh, LGBTQIA plus Americans were commonly and still are subjected. This was 1969. And so that uprising uh, marked the beginning of a movement to outlaw discriminatory laws and practices against LGBT plus Americans. And so as many of you probably already know today, uh, this looks like um, big pride celebrations, picnics, parties, workshops, symposiums, uh, concerts, all kinds of things throughout the month of June. And it depends on where you're living as to where that date uh, tends to take place in the month of June. And you know that in the Bay area, it's a big celebration. So, um, there are also memorials that are taking place throughout the month and especially for uh, to remember the people that have lost their lives to hate crimes and to HIV AIDS. And so we want to recognize this month the impact that LGBTQIA plus individuals have had on history locally, nationally, and internationally. So that was off of our government's website. And I love that. But I got to tell you, just like many things that continue to take place in our country and the world is we know from a spiritual perspective that life falls forward. But sometimes humans are trying to take things back and it still needs to fall much forward, right? And in my state, I used to live in the Bay Area, but now I live in Dallas, Texas. And in my state, our government governor is telling our state health officials that providing uh, by providing gender-affirming medical procedures to dr- transgender children, he's calling that child abuse under the state law. So let me tell you, Texas is rolling things back and pretty much every shape, form and fashion imaginable. And what this means that as under this law, doctors and nurses and educators are now required to report parents who assist their own children in seeking transgender health care to the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services. All right, so. These laws are popping up everywhere. And um, it's just showing that things about our lives and the way we show up in lives are becoming more increasingly politicized. And then it gets in the political realm and laws are being formed and passed to roll us back again. It's time for us all to stand up together and to be allies uh, because we all need each other. We need to stand up and we need to rise up for each other. There is the intersectionality of racism, of misogynist oppression, of racially motivated shootings, and murders of Blacks, African Americans, Asians, Jewish people, uh, Latinos, LGBTQIA. There are voter suppressions going on and it's all connected. And it is so true. It's right before very eyes that it's all uh, connected because there is a unity to all of life and none of it can be separated. Um, Ernest Holmes, Uh, talks about how uh, he likens it to a wave in the ocean. You cannot take one single wave out of the ocean. There are many, many, many waves, and all these waves are different in the way that they show up and how they move in the ocean. And you cannot take out that single wave. And so there is that unity to all of life. There is the intersectionality of all of us and how we can stand up and be allies and rise up for one another. Um, and and I use the word stand up for one another, stand up for love, stand up for unity, stand up for the intersectionality of life, because I believe in not standing against something. Um, I don't wanna give power to that. And the other thing is, however, in, In the journey of myself specifically, I lean into the fact that unity and uniformity are not the same. We are not here to make one another the same because life itself never made two blades of grass the same, um, two birds the same, two trees the same, two. Um, vast horizons the same, two planets the same, two galaxies the same, and certainly no two people the same. And um, that means that Ernest Holmes tells us that incarnated within each of us is not only a divine spark, not only an incarnation of the living spirit of the cosmos, but a unique presentation of the cosmic Whole. So within each of us is a unique presentation of this cosmic whole never to be replicated duplicated again. We can take pride in how we each show up as this unique presentation of the cosmic whole. Ernest Holmes tells us that we have nothing to disprove And everything to prove that this individualization of the spirit in each of us rooted in common soil, having the characteristics and potentialities of its common background contains what the ancients called the microcosm. So we are all in this microcosm. We have nothing to prove. And because there is unity in all of life, we are to love all of the microcosm and not leave anyone and anything out of it. So no one is left out to love fully and completely, everyone in this microcosm. And many times that has to begin with this one right here, with you right there. So I wanna share this with you. I didn't always feel okay about being gay. When I lived in the Bay Area, I worked in Berkeley, California, and I worked for a small medical device company. And I can tell you that it took me three years to come out to my boss. And when I did, he said, yeah, I knew that all along. I lived within the shadows and the constraints and the tightness and the embarrassment and the fear and the worry of being fully me, even in the Bay Area. I remember one time that, I had some customers come up from Los Angeles. I took them out to dinner near the convention center at a really nice sushi restaurant. And this customer arrived late to dinner. My CEO was sitting beside me at the table. His partner in business was sitting already at the table with uh, the two of us. And he came in late and he sat down and he declared right at the very beginning I really don't like San Francisco because there are too many queers here. The CEO, who knew that I was gay, sort of glanced at me, and I looked right at him, and I said, Well, you know, not everybody in San Francisco is gay. And that's how I addressed that, as best as I could in the moment. When I would travel on business and I would be with customers or be on an airplane with a stranger, no matter what happened, um, pretty much often, what would, would happen is someone would say, well, what does your husband do? There was an assumption. And I would say everything that my partner did and use the pronoun he. I even changed her name so to the same name all the time so that i would remember but i would say well he does this and he does that and oh do you have any children no we don't and i would go on and on and i just felt that it was easier and then i moved to dallas texas from oakland as a minister I was asked by a very seasoned minister in Dallas, Texas, to come do ministry with her. And I said, okay. And I had watched how Dr. Petra Weldus and our movement had moved about the cabin of her life at our conventions and whatnot in leadership. And she was pretty comfortable within herself. And I admired that because I wasn't there yet. And so I watched her in Dallas quite a bit when I came and did ministry with her. And while I was here in Dallas, of course, I got some of those questions that continued to come. The difference was is uh, before I left the Bay Area, I had ended a a long-term relationship. And so when I got to Dallas, I was focused on ministry. I was focused on me. Soon after I got here, actually went through about uh, with breast cancer. So I was really focused on me and did a lot of interpersonal work. And as Peter and I dove into ministry together, we spent 10 to 12 hours a day together most days. And after we were done working, one of us would say, hey, you want to go to dinner? And we just wanted to be around each other all the time. So about a year and a half after I had arrived in Dallas, there was something brewing. And we finally realized that we had fallen in love. And then we had to go to our leadership, our core council, our board of trustees, and tell them that we had fallen in love. And when I was sharing this and and telling each of them about this, I noticed that I was shaking, I was freezing cold, and my whole body was shaking. Under the table, my hands were shaking, my legs were shaking, I just knew everybody could see that I was so nervous and shaking. And I just observed what was going on in my body and within me, I was like, what is up with this? And there were a couple of people that weren't happy that this had happened. And they had um, great angst about it. They were against it. They saw um, not positive things about this. And yet there were other people that were very positive about it. But. I didn't focus on that, I actually focused on what was going on within me as I was talking about the fact that I had fallen in love with her. And I knew that I had to focus within me because in a couple of weeks we were both going to stand in front of our entire community and share that we had fallen in love. And I know how these spiritual principles work, I know, so within, so without. I know how mental equivalents work. I know that I had to get really clear on what is the mental equivalent that I'm going to hold for this moment in both our lives and the lives of our community. Ernest Holmes says that the law of mental equivalence means that everything that is consciously and subjectively embodied in our thinking tends to radiate an atmosphere a vibration, a current of thought, an inward acceptance which automatically attracts to itself that which is like itself. I knew I had some mighty inner work to do. I had to come up with the right mental equivalent that as we shared this news that it was fully accepted by our entire community, that they celebrated it, that it was, I actually imagine like a love bomb going off in the sanctuary, that this love bomb, when we spoke these words, just went all the way through our sanctuary, went into Dallas, Texas, went through the state of Texas, through this United States and into the world, just a, a fully love bomb that everyone could feel. And I had to fully embody within myself that I was okay with being gay. And I had lived many, many decades on this planet. And I was not there yet based upon my religious upbringing and, and business and certain things that could cost me money and all of that. And so I had two weeks to do some mighty inward spiritual work and to have a vibration, a current of thought, an inward acceptance, a full inward acceptance of all of me. Nothing left out, including my sexuality, that it was okay before I stood on that platform in front of our community. And when that day came, I was at full acceptance. I embodied all of me with pride. And we stood up and she said, I'd fallen in love with someone and everybody got excited. And then I said, I fell in love too. And I said, and it's her. And the whole sanctuary, that love bomb went off so much so that it actually brought me to my knees. I dropped below the camera line for a few seconds. I felt it. I felt that which was within me and what I had fully accepted and loved about me was mirrored back precisely to me. And there weren't, but maybe two to four folks that had a problem with it. Everyone embraced us. And I'll tell you something else that happened after that. From that moment on, I always say, She, this is what she does. And eventually, after I asked her to marry me, and we got married standing room only in Dallas, Texas, with our community, I say my wife, who knew that it would take me to come to Dallas, Texas, to be a minister, to fall in love with another minister, who is a woman in Dallas freaking Texas to fully come out in my life and fully embrace who I am and who I love. So I have pride. I think that that is the most significant thing about this month. No matter who we are, no matter who we love, no matter the color of our skin, no matter our socioeconomic status, nothing. Where we live, everything within us, our own microcosm of our holy, whole self, I believe we must have pride in and fully embrace every aspect of ourselves. That's what I believe is significant about pride and celebrating. So I celebrate my LGBTQIA brothers and sisters, as I celebrate each and every one of you, no matter what. I think that we can embrace ourselves, we can stand up for one another, that we can be huge allies and not let no one, nothing, no situation, no circumstance, no judgment, no thoughts of anyone or anything outside of us change how we hold ourselves inside of us so that we fully live our life from the inside out with pride because we are each that individualized expression of this one life living in this microcosm of boundless love. I love you all, I really love your minister, my friend and colleague, Dr. Andriette, and I wish you well, and thrive, and have pride. Bye for
0: now. So let us fall to center together. Knowing that indeed, there is only one of us here. One presence one power, one divine creative energy whose activity is only love. This one is the animating force, the strong one, the eternal one, the omnipotent one, The omniscient one. The one that lives and moves and breathes and has its experience as me. And this very same life, this power and this presence is the life, power and presence that moves through each and every one of us. It does not care and cannot distinguish between any differences that we think we can perceive. It only recognizes itself as pure joy. It only recognizes itself as pure and absolute love. It only recognizes itself as an upward spiral of goodness. We have simply been invited to the party to bring all of that into fruition and so now more than ever we step in we wade in waist deep to participate in this thing called life with courage with persistence with a sense of pride knowing that Justice is more than a word. It is a divine attribute of God. The balance of all things trending to good. And so I know that that is where we are as a spiritual community. I know that there is a healing that is happening on this planet, regardless of appearances. In the mind of God, in the eyes of God, everything is coalescing to an absolute perfection that cannot be stopped, cannot be abated, and must be made known. We are the ones to make it made known. To know it through our prayers, through our meditations, through our activities, through our thoughts, and through our beliefs. We believe in love. We believe in justice. We believe in a world that works for everyone. And so I give thanks. I give thanks for knowing what God is, for it defines what we are and who we are. I am grateful for this day. I'm grateful for our senior and founding minister, Dr. Andriette Earl, for the way that she teaches and encourages and stands boldly forth to say, you know, we're in this thing together. I'm grateful for everyone at Heart and Soul Center of Light who participates in the Sunday celebration services and all of the other myriad avenues of participation that happen seemingly round the clock. I am grateful for this village that is the gentle, steady, pulsating heartbeat of the divine. And so it is in my gratitude that I know that regardless of the pain that I may be feeling in this moment, regardless of any idea that I may have that something is broken, the truth is there's nothing really to be healed, only the truth to be revealed. That truth is God. God is here now, and we are one with God. For this and so much more I give thanks, and I release this word with confidence and conviction and the fullness of my joy, knowing that it is complete, and I invite you to know it with me simply by saying amen, Ashe. and so it is. And I know for sure that love matters.